Welcome to Decrypt, Asia's first blockchain and cryptocurrency podcast. I'm your host, Tushar. Each week, we take a deep dive into the Asian blockchain scene with investors, technologists, and industry insiders. Go to decrypt.asia to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Telegram to join in the discussions. Hello, folks. Today, we will be speaking to Gorang Torvakar, CEO and co-founder at Indos a decentralized professional social media network on the Ethereum blockchain. Gorang has a diverse range of tech and entrepreneurial experiences. His interest in blockchain led him to co-found Atorus, a smart contract as a service platform. Leveraging on his network and learnings from Atorus, Gorang launched Indoors, which completed an ICO in September 2017, raising $9 million. Apart from his work commitments at Atorus and Indoors, Gorong is also quite active in the blockchain community and is one of the organizers of the Singapore Ethereum Meetup. Welcome to the show, Gorong. Hey, Tushar. Thanks for having me here. So before we dive into the problem that you and Endorse are solving, I want to talk a little bit about your journey in the blockchain ecosystem. When did you first hear about blockchain and get introduced to this space? I first heard about blockchain back in 2011. Uh, that was through Bitcoin actually. So in 2011, I tried to mine Bitcoin on my laptop. And it was actually quite late at that time and I couldn't mine any Bitcoin. So I, I gave gave up on it for a while. Uh, but when Ethereum came out, the white paper came out uh, and Ethereum was just launching, I started writing smart contracts. So that was back in uh, like April 2015, I think, just before Ethereum came out. And that's when I got interested, you know. So in, in Singapore, uh, there was the first Ethereum meetup at that time. And Vinay Gupta was talking here. So uh, that actually made me quite interested in the blockchain space and what Ethereum could do. Because Vinay Gupta actually painted a really great picture of, uh, you know, automation and cryptocurrencies and all that kind of stuff. So uh, through that, I also got involved in the Ethereum meetup right from the second meetup. Uh, I have been organizing the meetup, trying to help the community grow in Singapore. Uh, through that, later I started another company called Atorus, uh, where we were doing smart contracts as a service. So you must have heard about SaaS models, which is software as, as a service. But here we gave it a little spin and we came up with smart contracts as a service. So in Atorus, we have been working mainly on digital digital certificates on the blockchain. So last year, we did a project with Neon Polytechnic, which is a university in Singapore. And they have issued 500 diplomas on the blockchain, on the Ethereum blockchain. Uh, so through Atorus, uh, again, I got to know more about the technology, the business and how blockchain can be applied to real life, real life scenarios. And you know, just before that, I also wrote my prenup on the blockchain. So people before me, people had written their marriage certificates, but I thought, okay, let's do something new. And I actually wrote my prenuptial agreement on the blockchain. I got some press out of that. So yeah, through, through all these experiments, all these involvement in the community, uh, my experience through Atorus, it led me towards indoors. So we started working on indoors last March or April, wrote the white paper. Then again, ahead, go, going, going forward in August, September, we did an ICO 
and as you said we we uh, raised 9 million dollars at that time all in ether and some in bitcoin and yeah we are here today talking with you yeah that does sound like quite an exciting journey i think especially the bit about your your prenup i think that kind of caught my attention so do you know if this is a common practice you must be one of the first people in the world to have your prenup on the blockchain yeah exactly man so uh, several people had put their uh, marriage contracts in either the bitcoin blockchain or ethereum blockchain as well uh, but yeah i was the first one to actually put my prenup on the blockchain again it's not like a legal legal document it's a fun document so you know we have to go on a date night every 15 days or i need to watch seinfeld before she watches walking dead with me <laughs> all these kind of funny yeah. funny stuff yeah Uh, yeah very interesting so uh, you mentioned three of your major commitments at the moment and i'll go through them in chronological order so you mentioned atorus the smart contract as a service platform the singapore ethereum meetup as well as indoors the professional network so i want to talk about each of these one by one and we'll go chronologically how did mm-hmm. atorus come about and and what exactly were you trying to do with this project yeah so back in 2015 my co-founder david moskovitz he had sold his first bitcoin company called coin republic uh, it was one of the first few bitcoin exist exits in singapore after that i met i met david in one of the ethereum meetups we got together we started discussing what we could do in the blockchain space with this new technology called ethereum and then we you know kept brainstorming and finally we found out a problem where we could actually apply our skills Uh, both my skills as a technologist and david's skills as uh, uh, an entrepreneur and a business guy so that's how we started atorus we we wanted to start writing uh, smart contract templates and you know it it was basically just to write smart contracts and to make some business out of it so that's uh, that's how we started atorus and so i understand that atorus is still a running company do you have plans to keep working on developing atorus or are you focusing on on the clients that you had and and you know spending more of your time and resources on indoors yeah you're right my my currently my complete major focus is on indoors tatoros we are work we we worked with neon polytechnic last year and currently it's kind of like a maintenance contract so that's all i'm doing there if we get more business we'll we'll see if we get more projects we'll will uh, take a, take a judgment call at that time but yeah currently main focus is on indoors so moving on to the the singapore uh, ethereum meetup you've been involved in the community since since the very beginning when exactly did the meetup start it started in mid of 2015 i would say that that was a very small meetup at that time so i still remember the second or third meetup i think we were like four or five people sitting in a bar in singapore it was just the three uh, initial uh, blockchain companies in singapore it was us at atoros guys at digix and some guys at autonomous which was one more blockchain company in singapore you know the community has grown like crazy right now singapore is one of the third largest ethereum meetups in the world after i think new york and london and any any given meetup if even if you post it like one or two days before at least 70 or 80 people show up for that and when you have big names like vitalik you know people literally have to stand at the door and act as bouncers because so many people want to come in so many people start crowding the venue yeah, we have to yeah. do crowd control there 
I can imagine, yeah. You know, for the benefit of our listeners, could you tell us a bit more about the kind of atmosphere that is there at a, at a typical meetup? What is the demographic of the people that come and what are the topics that are discussed about? As a rule, I and Sean, who is the other organizer of the meetup, we try to avoid talking about the token price and speculation. We try to keep it technology focused and project focused. So nowadays, uh, you know, there are so many ICOs going on. Most of these guys, they want to stop over in Singapore. Uh, they want to speak at the meetup. And uh, uh, yeah, they tell about the project, the technology that they're using. It's mainly technology focused. The people that come to the meetups are uh, developers, other ICO projects, uh, like the community guys from the community. And also there are some bankers, some financial people that come sometimes. Yeah, it, it, it keeps changing. Like all the corporates are there, all the... Open source community people are there. Yeah, sounds very interesting. And and Singapore does look like it's it's a hotspot for ICOs, and and it makes sense mm-hmm. that it's uh, one of the top three or top four leading meetups globally. Yeah, I want to finally move on to what I presume takes most of your time and energy. For the benefit of our listeners, could you tell us what Endorse is trying to do? Sure, man. At Endorse. We are building a decentralized professional network. So you could compare indoors with LinkedIn, but like a LinkedIn on the blockchain. So we are trying to solve three major problems. With current social networks, you don't own your data. So you give up the control over your data to these guys. They can do anything they want with it. They can manipulate the data. I'm not saying that they actually do it, but they could as well do it. Second thing is that these networks, these companies, they can monetize your data. Every like, every share you do, you're making a lot of dollars for them. But as a user, what do you get out of it? And third thing is about skills, about validations in general, right? So on LinkedIn, I could say anything today. I can say that I went to Harvard or I created Ethereum. People who don't know me, people who don't know Ethereum, they will have to take me at my face value. Or they will have to go and do extensive background checks on me to make sure that I didn't go to Harvard. At Indoors, we are trying to solve all these three problems using blockchain technology and tokenization models. First of all, your data is completely on a decentralized stack, which includes not only Ethereum blockchain, but also other identity providers like Civic, which works on RSK, uh, which is a Bitcoin uh, kind of blockchain. And at the bottom, you also have a decentralized database. We are using Bitcoin DB right now. And we are also using IPFS, which is like a decentralized uh, file storage system. Secondly, the users can monetize their data, their activity on the platform. So the more active you are on indoors, the more rewards you get. And those rewards are in the form of IND tokens. So if you go through our white paper, there are quite a lot of nuances to this. People also get penalized for malicious activities. People get rewarded for good activities on this thing. And third thing is about validations. So indoors is all about validations. Everything that you put on indoors has to be validated. Now, there are multiple ways in which we could do these validations. The first one is through AI chatbots. And the ultimate vision of indoors is to have your community validate your skills or your claims. So suppose you say that, hey, I know Java or I can write smart contracts. This becomes a claim and I'll have to attach a proof element along with that. 
So Tushar, if I put my GitHub link as a proof with my claim that I can write smart contracts, you can actually see the see look at all the contracts I've been writing over the last two and a half years, and you can actually objectively say that I know how to write smart contracts, and I'm not lying in this case. So we are going with the same assumption that any skill should be provable online or objectively. So the person who is endorsing you or validating you doesn't need to know you. That's what we are going with. Obviously, we can't target all the all the skills right now to begin with. So our go-to market or our first line of uh, customers is going to be developers. We are going ahead with developers and we are building the platform for them right now for the first one or two years at least. Makes complete sense. You'd mentioned your token IND and I want to dig a little bit into that. But you know, before that, I want to understand your motivations and drivers behind starting indoors. What made you come up with the idea of indoors? Was it a personal experience that motivated you to launch a, a professional social media platform? Or did you feel that there was a market need for a professional network with better skills validation and data ownership? Yeah, that's that's a great question actually. So you know this this entire journey of indoors it started actually from Atoros. So when we were working with Neon Polytechnic, at that time one of the KPIs was that students should be able to put their certificate links on LinkedIn. People could do it in the beginning, but as we were approaching the project or completing the project, one fine day LinkedIn suddenly came and changed their entire algorithm and UX. So now there are two or three additional steps before you could actually put the link to your certificate on LinkedIn. So this set us back in the project by two or three weeks because uh, we had to explain this to them and then we had to find some alternative ways to make this happen. But that that at that point I started thinking, I'm like, why are we giving up control of our data to these uh, big monolithic giants? And why can't we do it ourselves? And I think the timing was right, you know, so there were three forces. One is the economic force, which was coming about that is through ICOs and token launches, all these companies were raising money and it was, you know, the community could come together and community can support you. The second was the technological force. All these technologies were coming about and it was, I think, high time that we should move to such a decentralized uh, ecosystem. And third was also the social, social angle. So, uh, you know that in, in Europe, there have been a lot of complaints against uh, all these Google and Facebook. Many people are suing them. They are coming up with GDPR now. And I think all these three forces combined, I think we are at the right time to start indoors and do like a complete revolution on the existing social network. So I want to talk a little bit about how the platform works today. If user were to sign up today, what would a typical user journey look like? So on indoors, Obviously, we want to be a completely decentralized application, adapt. But to begin with, until the technology catches up and people are comfortable using the technology, we are starting with a hybrid approach. So right now, you can log in using Google and you can also log in using uh, decentralized identity providers like Airbits. Currently, we are also in the process of integrating with Civic, which is another identity provider on the blockchain. So once you log in using Airbits or Edge Wallet, as it is called now, essentially you can log in using your Ethereum public private key pair. So now imagine you can actually send money to people and you can also log in to indoors using your Ethereum wallet. Once you log in, you can go and create your profile on a decentralized stack. After a few days, we are opening it up to a few developers right now. 
you can start claiming claiming your skills you can say hey i know java i know javascript and you can add some proof elements along with that and soon we'll be opening up the validation flow as well so when you are on indoors you might even get the request to validate other people based on your current set of skills and i think this is going to be really interesting based on your validations or your claims uh, you will also soon start getting rewarded in the form of ind tokens so i don't know if you have used earn.com or not but uh, when somebody sends you an email on earn.com you get if you open it you get some dollars for that and i think that concept is really powerful because as we spend more time on the platform we start getting more and more rewards from that platform and i, I think that's where we will stand out as indoors i actually have signed up for earn.com and i keep getting emails <laughs> from them but i haven't actually um tried to you know do any of the work or mm-hmm. help market any of the ico uh, most of the emails that that one receives is uh, yeah, at, no at the moment for marketing of icos but you know i haven't gotten around to getting deeper into how earn works <laughs> and and what their vision is but i do follow the founder quite actively on twitter mm-hmm. he has some strong opinions and and some interesting opinions no see see that that is completely true so but when you start using there's on the on the current design on the dashboard left hand side they have your your balance or your account or something and man when you see those dollars increasing there it's really powerful i think to get you back to the platform because you feel that actually your data and your activity has some value and you're getting it back uh, that's what i like about it so you you finished your ico in in September last year if i'm not mistaken yes. um you know what have been some of the key developments over the last 6 months and you know what is what is your road map like going forward yeah so after the ico my main focus for the next 2 months was to build up the team and i hired a lot of developers from london india and singapore currently i would like to tell tell you that we have a great team of around 18 or 19 people uh, including one or two interns across these three countries we are trying to grow the team in singapore as well uh, but sometimes it's difficult to get developers here but yeah uh, in november we launched an mvp where people could create their profile on a decentralized stack which includes the bitcoin db as well and ipfs currently right now we are lo- we are focusing on two main areas one is the skills validation the claiming process as i told you is some mvp about that uh, we are opening it as a private beta to some developers around 100 or 200 developers and on the other side we are also working on a new feature called company pages and advisor validations so you know there's a big problem right now in the industry where so many like every day there are at least three or four new icos happening some of them are scam icos they add non existent advisors or they add some advisors that are not actually advisors to the company team members so i was speaking with i think john mcafee 2 uh, 3 weeks ago he said that he got one ico request where none of the team members actually existed and none of the advisors actually existed so we are trying to solve that problem using a simple and elegant solution we have a connection smart contract as a company when i'm adding an advisor i send a request to the advisor in the smart contract and on the other hand side advisor can just consent to being an advisor so essentially when you add a new advisor on your company page either on indoors or your on indoors uh, you will just see two transactions 
and these transactions will actually prove that the advisor has consented to being an advisor this concept can be applied later to their team members to partnerships with other companies and i think this can be really powerful to weed out the scam icos in the ecosystem yeah definitely i think it does sound like a powerful way to gain some credibility in the in the wider global ecosystem as well yeah. i want to talk a little bit about your ico journey so it's almost been you know 6 months since you finished your ico which in the crypto world feels like almost half a decade <laughs> do you yeah. have any uh, you know learnings or advice for some of our listeners who might be trying to do their own ico or might be thinking of doing their own ico would you do anything differently today versus what you did 6 to 9 months ago yeah yeah i would i would do a lot of things differently i will not pinpoint each of them but uh, the idea is that right now the space has changed as, as you said it seems like a decade and i i really think it actually seems like such a long time because when we did the ico regulators were just catching up with it but now so many governments are looking into it there are so many scam icos the first thing i would tell people is not to scam anyone <laughs> just work hard be real and do everything in the right way try to follow the regulations of the jurisdiction in which you are working out of you know having having a good lawyer having a great team and having a great set of advisors is always beneficial Uh, yeah those are my two cents sure before we wrap up i want to get your outlook on the blockchain space in general you know overall speaking we are still obviously in relatively early stages where do you see it heading over the next couple of years you know are there any particular areas where you have a strong opinion on yeah this is this is this is also another good question tushar so i think there is going to be a convergence of technologies blockchain by itself is great but when you combine blockchain with other emerging technologies like ai or iot that's when you will start realizing the true potential of blockchain so now just imagine just a simple example right so you speak with alexa or echo uh, which are the devices in your home and using blockchain if the training algorithms of these devices will become more transparent and you can also use tokenization models so that the what happens is when you're speaking with these devices you are actually making them smarter because you are training them all the time they are learning all the time and if you as a user or you as a customer can start getting paid in tokens or rewarded in tokens for doing that activity that would be really powerful that would revolutionize the entire technology landscape and i think that's where the blockchain industry is headed yeah i'm actually looking to get my podcast listed as not an alexa skill but using an app <laughs> if someone says that you know hey alexa play the decrypt asia podcast then then it should work and you know it would be amazing to start getting paid for things like that i mean that that would be amazing <laughs> so any any last comments from your end before we we finish this interview what's the best platform to follow you on or endorse on and your developments yeah you can you can follow our company and our developments on indoors.io i n d o r s e .io uh just uh, be aware of some scam or fake websites now now we don't have any but during the ico there were some fake websites okay uh, on that note let's end this interview thank you so much for taking the time out to come speak with us gorang great to hey, have no you on problem. the show and good luck for your road map at indoors yes thank you dushar and thank you for the interview if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to this podcast on itunes google play soundcloud or wherever you listen to podcasts like us on facebook 
Twitter, LinkedIn and Telegram and subscribe to our newsletter on Decrypt.Asia. This is your host Tashar. Thank you for listening.